We know that's a heavy song to start the service with. Um, we did it uh, for a reason. Uh, we're in a little series right now uh, called The Pile-On Effect. And by the way, if you're listening on podcast right now and you're wondering what is going on, what, what just happened here, uh, go look up the song, um, All Right, by Dean Lewis. Find the clean version. That's what we just played. Uh, listen to that and then come back to this and you'll understand where we're at. Uh, we started talking last week about how sin enters your life. We said there's three easy ways to see it. One, you make choices. A second way is somebody else dumps some junk into your life and you start making bad choices based on what they just put in your life. And the third is that we live in a corrupted world, has values that are messed up, that are different from God, and we bump into all those things and sometimes we adopt those and we just listen to a song that was about the second way that sin rolls into your life. He didn't do anything wrong. He, he didn't make that choice. But almost immediately, he begins to make poor choices based on that hurt that came his way. Did you guys hear him in the song? Did you pick him up? Did you hear the words, bottoms up, right? All you have to do to deal with this is just drown your sorrow, you'll be okay. Or just move on. Like just give this enough time between whenever and now and it'll go away. Or just find a different person. Just replace this person with the one that you have and everything will be okay. It'll be all right. And that's the solution. The, the problem is, none of that stuff solves anything. You never heard in the song him saying, maybe I should just face this and find a way to deal with it and get to the other side in a healthy way. Instead, what we just saw was a guy making a pile with his life. Decided to face that stuff that rolled into his life by just dumping junk on. The problem is, it doesn't solve anything. We said sin is like a slow-moving poison. So you start to pile stuff on because you know something's wrong. You were wronged in some way or you made a bad choice, you did something, or your values are a little off and there's some discomfort at the center of who you are. You know something's not right. And to deal with it, you just get busier. You put on stuff, some of it's good stuff, you just pile it onto your life. But the problem is, because it's a slow-moving toxin, it will move into every area of your life and start to make your pile difficult to live with. And you'll feel the burden of that. So as we described that last week, we said, listen, God wants to find a way to come to your life and remove the whole pile. He knows you've got stuff. At the core of who you are, you've piled stuff on, and he wants to take the pile from you. Here's one of the ways he wants to do this. God wants to look you in the eye and say, listen, I want to forgive you. I want to forgive you. Now what's funny is when that kind of statement is made, I've heard a lot of responses. They really vary quite a bit. Some people will say, forgive me. It's not a big deal what I'm doing. Who cares? I mean, it's small. I might even know it's wrong, but I just, I don't think it's a big deal. Others will say, forgive me? They started it. 
My response is now justified. The way I feel, the way I'm acting, the vengeance I have in my heart, they earned it. Forgive me. And others will look around the, the culture they're living in and say, everybody's doing this. How can I possibly need to be forgiven for this? This is just part of the way we live. And so you hear all kinds of different responses to God's offer to forgive. But at the core, at the base of it, all of it, in my opinion, I think there's one thing that they all have in common. None of them truly understand what forgiveness is all about. And so their responses are based on, well, they're based mostly on how we forgive each other. And those are not some very good examples. I don't know about you, but I was, I was not a perfect child. Um, I kind of love it when people say that, because I, I don't know what you mean by that, but here's what I mean by that. I played in the sandbox with the devil, right? So it's like, I wasn't a perfect child. No, I was really far away from that. And so what would happen is I would be drug into conversations on a pretty regular basis where somebody would kind of tap me and go, ask for forgiveness, right? And I would ask for forgiveness. And what nobody knew as I was asking forgiveness, you know the primary thing that I was thinking? How am I gonna get away with this next time, right? I was, I was planning all the time. And I was trying to find out, this is where this broke down. I think I can do a better job next time, right? So I would deliver my apology, and then, and then the person would go, accept their apology, right? And the person would say, okay, I forgive you. And what was happening is that two people were saying things they didn't really mean. I call it the, the polite social apology, right? Please forgive me. I forgive you. And nobody means a thing they say. Have you ever been on the receiving end of a polite apology where you thought, oh, somebody just said it, but they really don't mean it? Oh, this is harder. A lot of people know, huh? How about this? Have you ever given a polite apology to somebody just to get rid of them? Yeah, yeah I've done it a lot, right? Um, we've done this. The problem is that kind of example for forgiveness starts to color the way we look at God. Or you really did mess up and you were willing to say it. I blew it, I failed. Please forgive me and you, you meant it from the bottom of your heart. And it feels like to you that that other person still won't let go of that thing. Like they, they can't. And you're frustrated now because you, you thought what you gave was a genuine apology and nothing's happened. And we have this idea from our interactions about how this is supposed to go and what we've missed. What we've missed in the scriptures is that forgiveness, the way God sees it, is a process it's a process that unfolds in our lives. And if you see it outside of the process, you start to have some trouble with some of the things that are said in the scripture. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You could look at some stuff that Jesus said and start to have real difficulty. Let me show you some examples. I wanna take you 
um, to Mark 11, 25. Jesus is talking to his disciples when he says this, when you, standing, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. May? Is there a chance that he could withhold that? Is this a, is this a situation where I have to earn something so that God could forgive me? Do I have to do something to get? And people are really nervous about this. And so the way they've talked about forgiveness is that no, no, you don't have to do anything to earn forgiveness. And that's, that's it's true, you don't. God does all the work. But when you have the wrong picture, the wrong understanding of what forgiveness is, you end up with some bad conclusions. It doesn't get much better in Matthew 6, 15. Jesus, again, talking to his closest followers, says, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Gets rid of the may, says, you will not you will not be forgiven. Now these are high stakes. And if what Jesus was talking about was just this polite social thing that we do with each other where you offer up an apology that you really don't mean and are given uh, some forgiveness from somebody who really doesn't mean it, then we could do that all day long. <laughs> no big deal. But, but that's not what's here. What's here is a process that's been fairly costly for God to, to give to you. And um, so what I wanna do this morning is we will not have a lot of time to find a way to take this and move it back into our human relationships. I'm gonna focus mostly on how this is messed up, how we view God and the forgiveness that God offers. But I want you to understand that this has a lot to do with setting the right picture for how forgiveness is supposed to go even with us to each other. Okay, so here's where it starts. Um, most of us are familiar with where forgiveness starts. Um, it starts with an offer. Somebody offers to forgive you for something. And this is, this is what happens with God. Um, in, in fact, the offer is sometimes viewed as a kind of a, an unimportant thing. Yeah, he's gonna forgive us. But what you don't understand is that there was a dear price paid. Somebody died for that offer to be even made to you. I would like to forgive you. I would like to take your pile. I would like to deal with that sin in your life. I would like to relieve you of that. And here's my offer. I want to forgive you. The problem for many of us is because of our human interactions with each other, we have concluded that forgiveness starts and ends with the offer. I don't really need anybody to do anything, I just need to offer forgiveness and then it's over. And sometimes um, that might un unburden you a little bit, but it's surely not the picture that God has in mind. In fact, here's the thing. If God just has to offer you forgiveness, that's the beginning and that's the end, and it doesn't matter what you do or think or anything that happens, then, it's, and then what God wants to accomplish in your life is already done. Because it's all based on the beginning and the end of the offer. But the scriptures are very clear on this. The offer 
is where things begin. It's where the process kicks off. And so God comes to you with an offer for forgiveness that's based on his son dying in order for you to even have that offer. It's a significant thing. But it's not the end. You are responsible for how you're gonna respond to that. And the scriptures record these responses all over the place. I wanna take you to one so that you can see that your response matters. This is in 1 John um, chapter 1, verse nine, and it says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. There you see that will again. I will do this based on what? A confession. Is that me earning something? Do I have to, do I have to earn my forgiveness by confessing? No. I'm, I'm trying to help you understand that forgiveness is a process. It's a multi-layered process that happens. And, and when somebody comes and says, I'm offering you forgiveness, what they're suggesting is that you did something wrong that deserved that offer in the first place. And somewhere along the line, you have to decide if they're right or not. And the confession is just an acknowledgement it's an acknowledgement. Yep, I did that. Those words left my mouth. That was the motive I had. That's, that's my pile, the whole thing. I'm responsible for that. And you take some responsibility. God says, listen, I want, I want to offer you this opportunity for forgiveness. But if you look at that opportunity and you think, that's no big deal. Then there's no confession that follows. There's no acknowledgement for your need for that offer in the first place. So is that all? Like, God comes and he offers, you can see that you've messed up and so you're willing to say, that was me. Is the process done? It'd be nice, but it's not. It's not. See, it makes sense that when I acknowledge that I did something wrong, that there would be some sorrow there. That I would be sorry that I did that. Not that it would follow you for the rest of your life and paralyze you and make you feel guilty and shameful, but that you would actually go, you know what, that thing that I said that I did, I don't wanna do that anymore. And that's the third element that comes into play here, is that if I acknowledge that I did something wrong, then you would think it would make sense if I wouldn't keep doing it, right? This is where it comes out. Um, in Luke chapter 13, Jesus is actually talking to some Pharisees in this case. And the Pharisees were making this argument. We know we've sinned, but our sin is small. If you wanna be really concerned about some people, look at those people, they're big sinners, big. Uh, we're just gonna keep doing what we're doing because it's small. You can look past this, right? And Jesus responds to them this way. This is verse three of Luke 13. I tell you, no, you've got this wrong. This idea that the small doesn't matter and you can just keep doing it because it's not a big deal? No. But unless you repent, you too 
will all perish. Looked at him and said, listen, I don't care how big or how small it is. When you acknowledge that you did something wrong, if the decision is for you to keep doing it, the question is, were you really sorry in the first place? Now listen, this, is, this doesn't discount that sometimes we stack up habits in our life that are really hard to break. They're really difficult. You have to work like so hard just to stop doing something that you had built a habit into your life. But there's effort that's based on that. That sorrow that you had, that ah, I did this wrong and I acknowledge it. I'm actually going to try. I'm gonna put effort into not doing that anymore. The scriptures talk about repentance in this way. It's about returning to the person that God had intended you to be in the first place. We talked about last week that where we've strayed is our hearts are no longer living from a place that loves God and loves other people. And what God's attempting to do is to return you to that place where your decisions, your choices, the stuff that leave your mouth, all are gauged on. Am I doing this out of love for God? Am I doing this in a way that's loving other, other people? And if it's not that, it's off. And God's attempting to find a way to return you to the person that you were meant to be. So that's it, right? Uh, God offers. I acknowledge. I actually put some effort into not going and repeating that again. This should make sense, right? You've had somebody apologize to you, say they were deeply sorry, and then not change a thing about what they were doing. Did you believe for a second that they were sorry? You didn't. This is the same thing with God. But here's the thing. The process isn't over yet. There's more to it. Because there's a final payoff that God has in mind through this whole thing. And in fact, the final payoff is where stuff starts to make sense with a whole picture of things. So I want you to see this. This is in Acts chapter three um, where we get the payoff. And I love how it's written. I just think it's so beautiful. Okay, so in verse 19 it says, repent. So there we have the next part of the process. Then, and turn to God. So you're going back, your heart, loving God, so that your sin may be wiped out. Listen, this is so beautiful. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. That ultimately what God wants to do in your life is to refresh and renew your heart. See, the, the whole goal that God has in mind for forgiveness is that you'll find a way to restore the relationship that you have with him. It's not about, I've got to do this to earn this. You, could, you couldn't do anything to earn the offer. The offer was made, but then you're responsible to start making choices and decisions based on the offer with the goal, the goal of getting to a place where you've renewed your relationship with God. Do you understand why we have a hard time doing this when we look at our own relationships, we're okay with just offering forgiveness and being done with it there without any kind of restoration being involved in our lives. But God's not, it's not okay with that. What he always intended was a relationship 
with you that matters, that puts him in a place where he could refresh and renew your life. So that's why it doesn't make sense when you look at these pieces and somebody say, well, God offered me forgiveness. I'm good. I don't need to do anything else. It's like, no, no. If you refuse to acknowledge what you had done wrong, if you refuse to accept that that offer that God paid a huge price for to make on your behalf is like, it had to happen because of how messed up your choices were. If you're unwilling to acknowledge that, then the forgiveness process stalls, breaks down, it becomes worthless to you. If in the process you say, I'm willing to acknowledge it, but I'm gonna be like the Pharisees and say, but my sin's not that big of a deal. I should be able to keep doing this. I just wanna keep going ahead. I enjoy doing that. The process breaks down when there's no attempt to try to actually do what honors God. The process breaks down. If you've gone through those steps, I acknowledge I'm repenting from this, but I'm not gonna give God my time. I'm not gonna give God my energy. I'm so busy with other things that I don't have time for that relationship. You're missing out on the whole point of the process in the first place. You were meant to be in relationship with God. And when sin comes into your life and you pile on the stuff you put a weight of junk between you and God. And you have no ability whatsoever to remove that without his help. And he comes along and he offers you forgiveness. And too many times, we don't follow through on the whole process so that we can end up in that relationship with him. By the way, this should start to make more sense. I'm gonna read it again. This is in Matthew 6, 15. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your father will not forgive your sins. How could he say that? Because if the ultimate goal is to return you to a place of restoration with God where you love God from your heart and you love other people, it's pretty difficult to do that when you say to God, I'll love you, but I won't love other people. It's not who you were meant to be. And so there's, there's no act of forgiveness because the completion of that can't be accomplished in your life. We read this and we think the problem is God withholding something from us. And we missed that we're the ones withholding. We've withheld Forgiveness for others, we've stored that up in our heart and it's become a barrier between what God wants to accomplish in our lives, what he could only accomplish in our lives. But we've decided we're gonna hold on. We're gonna choose. We're gonna choose to carry this a little bit longer. I feel hurt. I deserve to be angry. I'm justified in the vengeance that I feel right now. And it becomes a barrier between you and God. Now listen, we all have different piles. Some are bigger than others at times. But I want you to understand that a God who loves you has found a way to fix that in your life. 
and he's come to you and said, I want to forgive you. And what that means is he's holding out an offer that he paid a dear price for. And the question is, well, how you respond to it? Will you acknowledge that you caused that mess? Will you decide that you're gonna go in a different direction? Like, I'm not gonna keep doing this thing that is causing this pain between myself and God. And am I gonna invest back in this relationship so that I can renew, feel refreshed by God himself who wants to get close to my heart? I, I don't know where you're at right now. But I suspect because we've had so many bad examples of what forgiveness is, there's been a place where you could look at your life and go, I need to take care of this right now. Because it's become a barrier between me and God. Some of you have never come to God for forgiveness in your life. And the time is now to just acknowledge, yep, I did a whole bunch of junk. I'm gonna choose not to live that way. I wanna live in the way that honors you. I wanna love God, love others. I'm gonna find a way to be committed to that. And you make choices to do that. But there are others of you you followed Jesus for a while, but somewhere along the path, you've made a decision to hold on to some stuff. Maybe somebody rolled it into your life, maybe the culture bumped into your life and you adopted some things that you just think everybody else is doing it, why is it the big deal? And what you've missed is that you've created barriers between you and that God who wants to refresh your life and unless you're willing to step into that whole process, you will miss out on the life you were meant to live. A life full of love for God, love for other people that gives you the most meaning that you've ever experienced. You could get rid of your pile this morning. You just have to enter into a process that you understand. Start taking your steps towards God a God who loves you, who's done everything that he can to open up the door for you to have a renewed relationship. Is that something you want? What do you need to do this morning to, to adjust your course toward Christ? Let me pray with you. God, we live in a world that dumps a lot of junk in our lives. We end up feeling bruised, beat up, and sometimes like the song that we heard, we make bad choices. We decide to drown it out with alcohol or activity. We decide to pretend that if we just give it enough time, it'll go away. Or we just try to move on and replace it with something else. And God, it doesn't work. All it does is create a pile. The pile gets bigger and bigger. But you offer forgiveness. You offer a, an opportunity to step into the midst of all of that and say, I'd like to unburden you. I'd like to take it all off your hands. I died for that. I knew about it. I've got it. But God, for some of us, we've not understood that we're responsible to respond to your offer. So I just ask that you would help people figure out where they're at right now. 
What's getting in the way? What's getting in the way between you and them? And I ask that you would give them the courage to confess it, to decide to repent from it, that I'm not gonna keep doing that, and to reach out and take the refreshing relationship that you offer. God, there are hearts that need renewed this morning, and I ask that as they move into this process with you, that they would feel that renewal begin. Meet us this morning, in Jesus' name, amen.